Welcome to another episode of I Know I'm Crazy with Naja Hall. So this is the Corona edition. As you all know, until this whole thing blows over and the world opens back up, we are doing episodes every single week. So, uh, and by the way, this is a special version here because I'm actually recording video and this is audio. So however you stream this content, you can go to my website, najahall.com and click on the podcast. I'm going to have the link if you actually want to watch this um, on YouTube or whatever. So you all gave me awesome reviews from the one last week. If you have not listened to episode 34, it was called um, Corona Randomness and Realness or something like that. I don't know. I I'll introduced a few new segments. We covered the Ask Naja segment. We did what's hot and we did Naja's rants or my rant of the day. I mean, and, oh, and you guys got to hear from my stepkids too. Cause they read <laughs> some of my bad reviews. Um, they got a kick out of that. As a matter of fact, they asked me this week, they were like, Hey, Miss Naja, um, do you have any more bad reviews? And I'm like, no, honey, I only had two from two haters, probably make believe bots. They don't exist. So <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, there's that. So I'm going to get right into it. There's a couple of things. Um, you know, this, this whole pandemic thing has brought so many questions to light. So how are you all coping with custody right now? I am knee deep in clients and, um, you know, I'm hearing so many different opinions from so many different people about what they're doing with custody and hey, what, what, how, how are you handling it? Or how are you coping? You know, because if you are, for example, living with a person that is immunocompromised and you are abiding by your custodial order, which means you're sending your kid 50% of the time or every other weekend or whatever your arrangement is to go and be with their other parent who you know for a fact is not what do you do? Are you going to withhold the child? Now, what your attorney is going to tell you is to follow the letter of the law, to follow your parenting agreement. Because, I mean, they, your attorney ain't going to tell you to break the law. They're not going to do that. But we're all human. You and I, we're human beings. We have feelings. We are afraid of these, this thing. Now we're actually starting to know people that are getting sick from this virus Oh, we know someone, they know someone, or we know somebody, you know, six degrees of separation. You can see it on your Facebook group. The RIPs are getting closer and closer, aren't they? Yeah. And so this spreads the fear that we all have. And then we do know that our elders are the ones that are passing away. People that are compromised are passing away. Let's just say your child was a preemie and they're still a toddler right now, or let's just say your kid is not vaccinated or whatever the issue is then you have the right to be kind of scared. But when the other household is not doing their job, they're not um, social distancing like you are, they're not following the suggestions of the local law, what do you do? Well, on this next segment of Ask Naja, um, this lady named Tina, she wrote in with this very situation. So check out her situation and what I told her I would do. So last week, I asked you guys to reach out to me at podcast at 
NajaHall.com. And so I got a very interesting and very timely email from Tina about a situation that's directly related to co-parenting and Corona and high conflict and, you know, all the stuff that we talk about. So hi, Tina. How's it going, Naja? It's so good. So good. So tell me what's What's happening in your life right now? So um, I have um, twin baby girls that um, were born prematurely. And um, I have another, like I have a co-parent um, that <laughs> is allowed to see them um, maybe once a week, right? Um, but there's issues with um, his living situation and the people that are around. So I'm, I was just very concerned about um, their safety in terms of like being exposed to the virus while um they go for their visitations. So um, I've been um, keeping them at the house with me because I haven't been leaving and I know that they're safe here. And um, he hasn't verified or told me, um, you know, who's coming in and out of the house because he actually has a lot of people coming out of the house because of the job that he, he does. So there's, there's that. <laughs> the job. Okay. What's his job? Is he like an Avon lady or something? What job does he have where there's people coming in and out of the house? He sells weed out of his house. <laughs> he grows oh. weed and he sells weed out of his house. <laughs> okay. Hey, in America these days, for certain people, that's an honest living. Okay. So we're getting a lot of questions these days. And thank you so much, Tina, for your question. We're getting so many um, questions these days. In fact, we did a whole co-parenting and Corona session just for questions like this because people are going nuts. And, and these are my thoughts. If a parent is already alienating a child from another parent, then yes, they're going to use this whole pandemic situation to their advantage to further their alienation. However, the good, well-meaning parents are also going to get caught up in the mix because when the courts reopen, and by the way, y'all, the courts are not trying to hear these, I can't get along with my co-parent, can I keep the kid? They're not hearing these cases right now. They're dealing with emergency situations because y'all's asses are at home all day. You're fighting each other. So domestic emergency calls, only. Yes. Domestic calls are going up. Um, there's a rise in violence. I mean, heck, we've already seen the divorce rate increase in Wuhan, China, who was hit first with this pandemic. And so one thing that I would say is you have to, we all have to use our best judgment. And I personally, I have consulted dozens of attorneys. Many of them have been on this podcast already. And the one thing, the legal advice that they, they have to give their client is, hey, you got to go by the order. No attorney is going to tell you to break the law. But then if you pull them to the side and say, so what would you do if this was your kid? They would say, if my co-parents sold weed, had people in and out of the house and they're selling weed in a state or in a, in a place where it's not legal to do so. So that means it's illegal activity. And I don't really know any dispensary that you're legally allowed to have inside of your home. So I'm going to go ahead and say this is illegal activity and people that sell weed. I ain't never saying I bought weed before, but I know that people that sell weed, they have tons of other stuff aside from a fun drug, as they say, like marijuana in their home. So they're, you know, with that type of drug comes also other illegal activity and illicit personalities and who in criminal activity, it's, it's a crime. And so the, I could not rightfully, and no attorney could rightfully, ethically, humanly say they're going to send their kid over to a weed house during the middle of a deadly pandemic kids that were born prematurely uh, can i add, can i add to this yes yeah um and just again to add to this um the first time that the uh, my, my girls had an overtime overnight with them 
they came back and they threw up for 11 days straight. Um, he's brought them back to me um, after their visitations with rashes all over their arms and chest. Wouldn't tell me what he fed them. Um, he's brought them back to me smelling like weed, um, weed and smoke three times. Oh, and God. was verified by one of the court, uh, one of the, one of the officers at the sheriff's office that um, we do the exchanges at because um, he did um, get aggressive with me and I had to get a PPO against him. So we have to have exchanges at the pair, the, the PPO sheriff's office. PPO so means it's, personal protective reason, order. Know, um, for their safety. Mm. So yeah, that's, that's what's going on. Um, I, I think that once all of this, clears will be able to have some more clarity but right now their their safety and their um, health is my, my number one priority you know that's that's very smart and given your history with the girl's other parent it's volatile it's violent it's unstable and you have documented proof in the courts now there's some of us out here that don't have any sort of documented proof and we want to say oh i'm keeping the yeah. kids away because of this you guys that are in that situation, unfortunately, if your parent wants to litigate, if your co-parent wants to litigate, you're not, you might not fare well in court because these judges are not going to have a lot of sympathy for people that are using a pandemic where people are literally dying by the hundreds, every, thousands every day to this advantage. But I would say for you, Tina, your situation, you have legitimate rights to be upset and afraid for your girls. I don't blame you. So uh, do you have a pen? Cause I'm just going to, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what to email the other parents so that you can make sure your butt is covered in court. Grab a pen real quick. Whatever date that you started to recognize the shelter in place. So whatever date you and the girls started to quarantine, for example, let's just say it was March 1st. So you're going to write in an email um, to in an email or text or however you and your co-parent communicate. I'm hoping it's through talking parent if you guys have supervised visitation. But you're going to say, as of example date, it's March. It's through our family wizard. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, good. So you're going to uh, reach out to this person via um, our family wizard and say, and this is just a date, for example, as of March 1st, I have taken verifiable and measured safety precautions in my home. I am strictly observing the shelter in place order with the and i'm gonna uh, with the premature nature of our daughter's birth um this coronavirus is a very serious concern for them because i mean this kind of shows that they have a pre-existing health condition and they have a compromised immune system because they're preemies are you willing to provide documented and verifiable proof that you, the occupants and the visitors of your home are as well? Now, if you have a high conflict co-parent, they're not going to respond too kindly to this. They might not respond at all. But if you are planning on violating a court order, because that's exactly what it would be, you're planning on violating, I would just be going there and show the judge, judge, I tried to communicate with this person and in the, in, in the better judgment and just to protect these children who do have a compromised immune system, I did ask him, was his home safe? He was not willing to show verifiable proof. However, I told him in the beginning of the email, I would show him proof to where I was. And then you can show the judge proof, not your co-parent. But you take your proof to the judge, for example, you can maybe have letters from your own parents say, or your siblings or whoever saying, hey, we've not been doing any sort of um, 
family visits. We've been stay sticking to our own small, limited households. We've not had any large gatherings, even over 10 people. You show a judge that you yourself are upholding the same rules that you are right. expecting your co-parent to uphold. And if, you know, if it's a fair judge and we all know how the court system goes, it's just, it's a toss up. It's anybody's game. It's, it's whatever side of the bed they wake up on that day. But, you know, you kind of just want to make sure that the numbers and time yeah. and being fair is on your side. Oh my God. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're very welcome. Thank you so much, Tina, for writing in. And I hope it helps. As you know, we're, I feel like, you know, you're part of the fam. So please keep us posted because I know I'm crazy listeners really like updates. We want to know, we care what happens. So I don't care if it's six months from now, keep us posted because, you know, they want to know. I want to know too. I certainly will. I certainly will. I certainly will. Thank you so much, Miss Na- Miss Naja. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. And remember, if you want to come on a segment of Ask Naja, email me at podcast at com podcast at com. Let me help you out with your issue, honey. Okay, everybody. So we've been talking a lot about custody exchanges and Allison is, she's a wife, she's a mom, she's a stepmom, and she's one of the funniest people I know. And by the way, she's an amazing family law attorney. She is in Canada and I am so interested to see what um, our friends up north are doing. So Allison, what's what's going on? How is Canada handling Corona and co-parenting and custody orders and all that good stuff? The difficulties that I encounter part, I don't know if how you define emergencies or urgent situations. So right now, um, and we have two typically and that handle family cases. So when I'm talking about, basically we have a federal and a provincial level um, coming out are heard at the provincial, or the, sorry, the federal level. And that is actually a specialized court typically where they, so they're high, it's a higher court that hears the family matters that are federally appointed judges. So that's, that would be the in terms of urgency, and they've been redefining what an urgent motion is, and, and basically in this pandemic, COVID-19. So things that would normally maybe be urgent when we're not in a pandemic will not be urgent right now by case specific. Um, I'm just trying to... <laughs> oh, God. So, um, they, they, came, they, came out, they came out with one, uh, one case that's um, by one of the very, very riches, and, and it's actually in Ontario, I'm, and I'm in Ontario, so to where Toronto is located, uh, in southern Ontario, basically. I'm basically Lake from Cleveland. If you went straight across, that's where I am, um, on Lake Erie, basically. So uh, I'm in South Ontario, the urban populated area. Um, so what we're seeing is what is an urgent motion? So basically what's happening, all being done by email as well. So you email the materials, a, they're calling it a triage judge, evaluates urgent or not based on the current protocols in place. And we are receiving, we're receiving practice directions almost on a daily basis, who is outlining how things are changing, what the layout is, and whatnot. We've never been able to email the court before. So this is an entirely new situation for this level of court, particularly for family lawyers as well, and represented clients also. So it's a new landscape. And with that, it's heightened emotions, obviously. And it's already um, that people are confined. And, and the distinction really is, is there an existing court order or is there not an existing court order? Urgency basically at a, at a, what my read of everything is whether a child's safety is at risk. 
Uh, so for example, is there evidence that a parent is not uh, abiding by social distancing, is not distant, is, um, exposing the child to many different people or situations where they may be exposed to the virus and susceptibility to catching it? Um, that's what, that's the base urgency at this time. So that's a word and um, you're not able to bring, for example, a contempt motion. A contempt motion would be disobeying a court order. So here, if somebody doesn't obey a term of an order, the, your remedy can be to bring a contempt motion and it's treated like a criminal. It doesn't mean that what is happening will be remedied. It's really to punish the person for not obeying the court order. A diff brought to change that order or to try and, um, for example, if somebody's denying access, trying to get police enforcement. We actually in Ontario, where if the order is police enforced with this specific clause, literally the SWAT team can go into anyone's home and take them out. So it's not typically used, it's used more as a shield or a sword, right? Because it's by an order. Or in the case of withholding, you and you don't have police enforcement, there's nothing anybody can do. You have to go to court and obtain. So does that assist a little? Okay, wow. Um, okay, so in Canada, y'all are crazy. Um, SWAT <laughs> team, all- wow. Um, so if a parent has a reasonable, if there's a reason to think, or you know for a fact that the other parent is not practicing social distancing, is... Like, but there is a court order. Then would a parent be wrong for right. sending the child away to the other household and putting them in danger? They have, if they have evidence that the other home is not following certain things that could affect the safety or risk of a child, then in where I am, if they wanted to disobey the court order for that re-bringing that motion to confirm it's urgent to change that underlying order. That would be the appropriate approach. Many people, however, um, but that would be, what I can say is it would be either parent because you can go both, you can say as the parent wanting to stop the access or change it somehow, they're not practicing social distancing. Here's my evidence. Here's the, this is urgent. It needs to be addressed. It could be deemed urgent or not based on the case by case basis. And that still that parent withholding that child and denying the access to the other side. So what's going to happen is we're going to be building on tempt. So when eventually we actually go back to court and we can bring those contempt motions, it is going to be a pipeline and a funnel and repeated violations by everybody. So on the other side, if you're the, the parent with whom the child's not being sent access, again, you could try for urgency to say, this is what she's saying, you know, the mom or dad, the other party is saying social distancing because of COVID-19, the access should change and urgently, I want my order to continue that order as well, or that motion as well. And the urgency again would have to be determined. So it, it's very case by case specific. Um, basically the urgency, really the urgency is supposed to be simple and expeditious. So uh, expeditious, sorry. Um, so if you know somebody is having multiple people over to their home and the child is coming and going, that would be not following social distancing and potentially placing a child at risk. All right. So that would be something would would be uh, you know included in it but unfortunately the withholding again it's a case by case it's not necessarily urgent i've been reviewing um i'm very fortunate and i am impaneled with the office of the children's lawyer which is a different agency it's a governmental history um of the attorney general that 
um, hires lawyers to act for children in family cases, protection, and regular custody access cases. So I um, received updates from that agency. There's different research that they provide to the, the agent lawyers, and I'm able to review all of that um, as well, which is an advantage in fairness because not, every, not everyone receives that information. They have to go about finding it on their own. Um, and the onslaught of info that we're getting in terms of cases is to manage. Um, so the summary, what I'm reading in here is that it, it really, it's unfortunate. It's, so I would, and the other side of it, no lawyer, I don't know about the states, but I know myself, I cannot advise anyone to disobey as a lawyer, as an officer of the court. And right. I know you have to say difficult. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you do. And that's difficult because then I have to advise my client. Well, abide by the court order here's what we could maybe do but in the event of if you're if we have a contempt motion brought against us then defend it by this this and this right that's the best advice that i can provide without telling someone to to discount okay so and it's very difficult really because our government is telling us don't go don't do anything right to expose yourself to other people and the problem and the fear that happens in the co-parent or not even the parallel parenting or the basically total oppositional parenting is that and especially with blended families you don't know with the people coming and going from the other partner the other parents home so I can use my example that I am almost basically best friends with my son's father and I know exactly who is, what is going on and he knows what's exactly going on in my home at all times. That's, a, that's the very best of scenarios. However, with people who need that regimented dis, discipline basically, right, and need the court's intervention who don't communicate or cannot communicate right. what's going on in each other's homes. And that's the fear. And that's where we need to try to have common sense. We need to consolidate to be positive and find a common ground somewhere. Even if it's, okay, everyone loves these kids and everyone's, anyone getting sick. How do we Allison, go about? Allison, common sense is, common sense is not so common. So if you were going to, if you were going to advise one of your clients um, and they told you, no, if a client says, hey, I'm going to withhold the visitation, what type of language would you tell them to put in an email or communication to the other parents so that they don't get a horrific contempt charge when the world opens back up? Well, the first thing is we can never control what anyone else does. You can only control yourself and we can, I can only run my client's case. You can anticipate what is going to come at you, but you still need to focus on what are my facts? What's going on with my kid it should be the first and foremost consideration and that should be the focus to me as to communicating with anyone saying has a fever or our child has a fever or i i've developed a fever i'm going to the doctor i've called the doc dialogue to me is the appropriate way to approach it as best as you can using neutral language you have no control over the other side. Obviously, if they choose to get pissed off and amped up, um, you can, you are in control of your reaction. And that's the that's the to me the first place you need to go is you leave the the focus is on the children and the child. And what, does that assist? Absolutely, absolutely. Allison, thank you so 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 much for your time. I knew that you would know the right things to say. I appreciate you, friend. I'll talk to you soon. Naja's Rant of the Day is brought to you by VIP Stepmom, a community for women crazy enough to love men with children. You know what really peels my potatoes? 
When you're trying to tell someone about a personal experience that has happened to you, you just need a listening ear. You need a shoulder to cry on. And they start talking about themselves. They start talking about themselves and their own experience and what they did and what they've experienced and what they should have done and what they think you should do and how hard their life is. They take over the conversation talking about themselves. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. The reason you, some of you don't have a lot of friends right now is because you don't let them get a word in edgewise. If you let them get their point across, if you just listen, shut up and listen, then you'd be surprised how many people come to you for help. And by the way, when a person comes to you needing a listening ear, or it seems like they might need your sage advice because you're such an expert at everything, what they really need is someone to bounce their emotions and feelings off of, to hear themselves think and sound out their own thoughts, and maybe someone to help direct their pattern of thoughts and help them to compartmentalize their feelings. They don't need you telling them about that one time at band camp. They don't need you taking over the conversation. Word to the wise. You will have a lot more friends. You'll have, your relationships will be a lot better. Heck, if you listen to your kids, if you sit there when you, and let your kids talk and rant and don't interrupt, you would be surprised how much they start to confide in you. Same thing with your coworkers, your friends, everybody. Be a listening ear. It's okay to not inject your opinion in everybody's life. You all know that I'm doing segments. I'm trying a bunch of stuff out. So you remember my sister, Nadia. She gave us some stellar advice on the first episode of season two. She's my sister. She's one of the twins. You know, I talk about my family all the time. She's one of the twins and she's the one that owns the performing arts studio in Tennessee. She's a small business owner and she's been impacted by this whole pandemic thing because, you know, it's rough for small business owners. Nadia, how are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Okay. So you run a performing arts studio for kids, which means like you are, my sister guys is by far one of the premier experts in keeping children occupied, stimulated and busy. I see her do it week after week, summer after summer. Um, and if it, the kids that go to her camp, performing arts camp, they come in, you know, she gets the shy kids sometimes and her parent will hear about it because their kid won't even say a peep at school. And by the time my sister is done with them, they're walking the red par- carpet because every summer um, at her summer camp, they have a movie premiere. <laughs> right. So the kids get to dress up, paparazzi, walk the red carpet. They get to see themselves on the big screen. She rents out the movie theater there. Um, so Nadia, what suggestions can you get to these parents who are going crazy right now with their kids in the house? What, do we, what can we do to keep these kids busy and occupied and stimulated? Yeah, I see a lot of parents are, you know, talking about the school system and education And I would like to suggest that it's a good time to bring back those classes that home make or, you know, back in the day when you were learning how to change uh, oil and cook. So, you know, it is a great time to keep your child educated with, of course, their lessons. But it's also a good time to teach them some real world stuff, because if this pandemic didn't teach us anything, it's teaching us how to survive. So, you know, does your son know how to change the oil or change a tire? Or if your tire is flat, can they help? Even young ladies uh, should know how to do that in this day and age. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a great time to not only, you know, focus so much on 
you know, some of their lessons, but focus on a lot of life skills that's going to help them navigate. So teaching them uh, maintenance, cart maintenance or cooking and cleaning skills. That's such a good idea because I was on the phone with both of my sisters on on the three-way call last week, y'all. Last week. Um, and driving in Texas in the rental vehicle. Oh, yes. yes. And I'm, this lady next to me, she was hanging out the window with prayer hands. I'm like, what's wrong with these Texas freaks? She was trying to tell me but, that my tire was completely flat and I was driving on the rim. Don't ask me how I didn't feel it. Yeah, I don't know. I was so wrapped right. up in the conversation with my sisters. But yeah, I, I had to wait on AAA for how long? Two, three hours. And it was 91 degrees that day. <laughs> So you're right, you know, changing yeah. a tire for God's sake. That would have been a good lesson for me, you know, right, just yeah. going Doing like, hair. I know a lot of um young ladies kind of complain when they're in between hairstyles and they don't like, they don't know how to do their hair. So just it's it's ways that's you know gonna help them be better, you know, in the future so they can feel more confident about themselves when they return to school or um, you know, they're learning proper skills to, you know, help them mature and to be great citizens. Yes. So I'll say focus on a chart that will, you know, expand their minds. And this something that, you know, parents may be able to learn together as well. And last question. I didn't tell you I was going to ask this, but you know, I like to do the pop-ups. So, <laughs> so let's talk about love mm-hmm. for singles. Um, how are you making out in this pandemic? Cause you're not a married person. So you right. be considered a single. How are you personally handling this? Um, I think it has its benefits, but it is, um, I think for the single people, um, it's harder than what you think. Um, a lot of parents are telling us their struggles, you know, Mm -hmm. when it comes to having kids in the house, but anybody know idle time and loneliness and, um, not saying that you're lonely if you're single, but when you're forced to be quarantined and you, it's no kids, it's no, um, or if you do have kids and you're doing it all by yourself, then I mean, we can lie like idle, uh, idle mind is the devil's workshop. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's really hard if you're by yourself, you don't have anyone kind of doing a pick me up or you're bound, you're not bouncing ideas off of anybody physically and you're not, you know, having that physical interaction. So it's really you all by yourself. So you're really facing the ugly truth about yourself. You're, you're going through that whole phase again, even if you comfort singleness of just, like, okay, you know, you're getting used to yourself and you're having to deal with, you know, your, your inner thoughts or your mm-hmm. struggles. All of that is coming out during this quarantine. So I think a lot of singles are alone. So you just have a lot of time. They're feeling loneliness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's real. It's definitely. So it's what is a single person supposed to do so that they don't like start doing destructive things or calling exes or getting depressed because being lonely, that's a, you know, we all know that feeling, but what are you supposed to do? Um, honestly, I can't lie and say that I have an answer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can say binge watch. I mean, because we've done it all. We binge watch Netflix for yeah. a few days. <laughs> then we had the motivation to work out days after that because we like, I don't want to come out, you know, fat, you know, after <laughs> this. So, you know, I can't lie and say that it's not a process because, you're just, you're really trying it, you know? So honestly, just try, find, I mean, you can only do so much, you know, yeah. you can try to focus on work for a couple of days. They, they get kind of old and, you know, tired. You can binge watch shows, you can fold clothes, you know, everything you can do, you just keep a rhythm going, but honestly, just do the best you can knowing that, you know, uh, it's, it's all about faith. Everybody is faith in it, whether you're a parent, single, 
business owner, your faith in it, knowing that once this is over, things will be better. So just preparing yourself for the better. Yes. Yeah, just trying to do the best you can. And guys, for those of you that are listening and not watching, she said faith, F-A-I-T-H, not fake, F-A-K-E, because those words kind of sound alike. She said, we're faithing it. You know, that's true for the married singles. I do always, um, I remember my single days, you know, and and my, my sister's are not married women. I have a lot of friends. Of course, you all know I run Facebook groups. I have clients. Um, And I always like to ask people just to give some advice on what they're doing so that they don't fall into this dark hole of um, loneliness or repetitive behaviors. I remember at one point I was going to the refrigerator 17 times a day, Mm -hmm. you know, and I've probably gained a good 10 pounds since this thing started. How are, right. you, how are you uh, maintaining weight? Because you haven't called me for one of our workouts. So how are yeah, you doing so that? I've got really good at budgeting. Uh, and so I'm very... So you're not ordering food? You're not doing DoorDash, any of that? I have my... I do on the weekends. I may have a cheap meal and I do DoorDash. Okay. Uh, I, got de- I got denied for a grant and I ordered wings. <laughs> I, 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 I said, you know, forget it all. And I You're like, F this. <laughs> yeah for real i was like you know you how know, many wings how many wings did you get maybe 12 and some fries damn. and macaroni cheese yeah damn <laughs> so yeah but i didn't care i was so you know i was like it was so frustrating it was one of those days i knew it was a, i said it's a monday how can you start the week off but i got right back on track so um but i meal prep you know I'm, i really love meal prepping yes it saves money it saves time and obviously i got more time now Yes. But, you know, back when business was running, I didn't have time to cook meals every night and stuff. So um, I just like the convenience of just putting meals and, you know, heating them up and eating them and knowing that they are healthy. So, okay. Okay. Last question for real. Last question. Is there anything <laughs> during this pandemic that you've learned about yourself that you did not know about yourself? Any habits that you picked up that you're going to continue once this is over? Um, I think I learned that I take a lot for granted. I know everybody came out of thinking like, oh, okay, you know, complaining about work schedules sometimes and your workload. And of course, now I'm just, um, you know, just taking time for granted, taking date nights for granted. Uh, so it just taught me um, to not let grass grow under my feet. Yeah. To uh, take advantage of opportunities. If you're tired, it's okay to be tired. It's okay not to go everywhere. But, you know, you only have one life to live. And we have when we start aging and getting older and older, we have time to sit in the house all day, every day. So take advantage of life, uh, make as much money as possible, enjoy family, enjoy friends, hang out with people. Um, and just, just have fun. So I, I, I realized how I took things for granted, especially, uh, you know, thinking I was so overwhelmed with small things and now i'm like oh i would love that problem because i, I so I, what you're saying is when this is over you're gonna go out to the club with me and your other sister you're gonna put I, some heels on you're not gonna blow us off you're not going to i promise put us on mute mm-hmm. you're gonna put on heels you're gonna come out with us you're not gonna flake I'm going, out i'm going to every trip i'm going to every <laughs> outing i promise i i promise you okay Okay, you all you all heard that. You heard that right. I know I'm crazy oh. listeners. You all heard that. Okay. <laughs> I know how it was in the past, but hold me to this. Yes. Okay, well, thank you so much, Nadia, for joining me today, for joining us thank today. You. All right. All right. We're almost running out of time, but before we go, I wanted to share a happy story with you all, a good anecdote 
something positive. So, you know, I'm a life coach in real life, and this is a true story. Of course, some of the details have been changed a little so that I could protect my client's identity. I had this client. She was beautiful, talented, driven, but she was just a bit unsure about the trajectory of her life. She initially came to me because she was having a hard time dealing with all that comes along with being with a man with kids. To be fair, most women have a hard time with stepmotherhood. One of my jobs is to help them reconcile their feelings, come to terms with reality, and reset their expectations. After a few sessions, I asked her if I could meet her man. Now, typically, if a client's lamentations seem to come from one source, I need to meet the source. Also, so far, I've been 100% correct on if a client's relationship can stand the test of time or not. The three of us met up for a video session and I could see instantly why she could not settle into this relationship. She was a platinum blonde beauty with intense blue eyes, but she looked sad. She was methodical with her words and she spoke with confidence. She had no children of her own and she was considering foregoing a chance at motherhood because her man didn't think he had enough room in his heart to love any more children. Child. Mm. The fellow was nice. I mean, he had kind eyes, but it was apparent that his previous marriage had sucked up all of his good years. He had an unsure posture and he seemed to diminish himself when he spoke of my client's accomplished life. Oh, here's a fun fact. Most men's egos can't handle feeling smaller than their women. Over time, they find ways to cut the woman down so she fits into their perception of success. I see it every day. So my client was getting the remnants of a man that another woman had chewed up and spit out and she could not see it because love is such a weird thing. I have a program that I call The Purge. <laughs> Basically, I created it as a tool to break couples up. Not all couples, just the ones that are probably not the best match for one another. This program is a hardcore initiation into life partnership. It forces a couple to do the painstaking inventory on their lives. And most people finish the program realizing that they shouldn't do life together. I'm, I was pretty sure this client was smart enough to save herself after I introduced the purge. During the purge, I heard from both of them individually. I make myself available to my clients by phone all the time because, you know, emotions can be pretty intense. And unlike your therapist where you go once a week, Coaching with me is kind of different. I understand that sometimes your issues are going to pop up and you need guidance in the moment. So when the fella called me, he confided in me some truths, some very ugly truths that I won't share here that had I had already suspected. And my clients seem to have an awakening as well. Listen, the divorce rate is 50% for first marriages. Clearly half the people getting married are not equipped to have made such a big decision in the first place. Anyway, she made the painstaking decision to end the relationship and I supported each of them through the process. Life went on and my time ended as her life coach. I have not heard from this woman in about two years until recently, just recently. Now, my thing is whenever someone jumps on board with me, I tell them once a client, always a client. I want to know how you're doing. I want you to keep up with me. You know, of course we keep client coach boundaries, but I let my clients follow me on social media and give me check-ins. I, I like that kind of stuff. So out of the blue, I received a series of photos from her and I screamed with excitement. Apparently, she went on a breakup excursion through New Zealand. 
Her ex refused to travel with her because of financial constraints, and he was riddled with dad guilt, so he couldn't really bear to be away from his kids. Also, his ex-wife would not give his kids a passport, so that meant my client, who was a well traveler, had she married this man, would have had to cut that part of her life. So, of course, after the breakup, my client was anxious to get back her passion for world travel. And while hiking through the mountains of New Zealand, she met a handsome stranger from Spain. She and handsome stranger were married last year, and they're about to pop out a set of twin girls later this year. I asked her had she spoken to her ex. She told me last they spoke, he had gotten full custody of his kids after they broke up, and he was busy navigating life as a single papa. She said she had never seen him happier. They're no longer in contact. When I met that couple, I knew that they both had the potential to live the exact lives they wanted, just not with one another. That's something that I want you all to think about as I leave you. You know, it's kind of funny. We plan this life that we always envision, but God or whatever you call him or her is up there truly in control. As we all meander and navigate and survive this pandemic, I want you to take that with you. There's a divine source somewhere out there that's in control, that's protecting all of us. And everything that is supposed to happen is going to happen exactly that way. And guess what? I promise no matter what, you will be okay. Until next week, until next Tuesday, this is Naja Hall with I Know I'm Crazy Podcast signing out. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm doing crazy. I know I'm crazy. Naja Hall.